Yins means like you, you ones, you wins. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing? No, no, no. In Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, it's, hey, what are Yins doing in that? That's how it goes. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. Hello and welcome to Game of Nerds, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent and very tired and somewhat hungover validator teams. Uh, I think these lads are still recovering from right the the you you did some boozing in East Denver and it's like at altitude or something and all I saw in the group chat was complaints about hangovers. That's <laughs> basically uh, the whole. That's basically sums up the whole. It, trip. it was just like I was like, "How's it going?" And there was, I think, I saw, I got a picture, picture sent of like Schultzy in one morning having like what looked like a kind of hangover smoothie, <laughs> and Noel was like asleep on the edge of the sofa, and I was like, "Okay, so everybody's hungover." That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from East Denver. So <laughs> like, how are the talks? <laughs> Crickets. Didn't make it. Didn't yeah, make it. Well, and that was, that was at like eleven in the morning too. That was a hungover picture, like eleven in the morning. We're both just like, I know. Uh. Well, you know the rules. It's, it's going to be bad till three in the three in the evening, right? That's the you, you know stuff is you know stuff is serious if it goes past three in the afternoon. But other than that, everything's fair game. The first two oh. days felt like a week, like because I think I don't know was it the first night, but the defund guys came over at like midnight or twelve thirty one night. We drank till like three thirty. And just in our house. And then next thing I know, it felt like it was four days later. And that just kind of continued. But yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. And then <laughs> Noel, I think, I think I mean, we were together for five days. I think I probably, the total time we were actually together with him and I both being awake at the same time was like maybe a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> just very, very little. Literally. Like, was he jet lagged or did he just? He was really jet lagged. Yeah. Noel yeah, yeah. Noel. No, no, he was really jet like we were up late, which I think was early for him. And then, and then he would go, you know, it was three or something, go to bed. And then, then I think one time we were out, we were out somewhere and it was like 3 p.m. And all I get is that we, we all get a DM like, how does the coffee machine work? It was like 3 30. <laughs> I was like, perfect. I was like, good morning. Don't worry. Well, that was, that's that was the day that he went to the rave, right? I guess oh, that's there was right. a, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. So, so we all went to the, I think at the Cosmos Peak event, I want to say. And, after a couple hours, uh, Usurper and I are like, all right, well, I think it's about time to take off, whatever. Where's Noel? We couldn't find him. He did a couple of rounds around the bar, couldn't find him anywhere. And it's like, ah, oh, he must have taken off already. So we take off. And then that morning, at like two in the morning, he texts all of us and he's like, hey, what, what's the code to the house? Or three <laughs> he's in the locked morning. out. Yeah. But semi fortunately, uh, the lock to the house was behind a screen. So he just like put his hand through the loose screen and unlocked it and walked in. And then for the rest of the rest of the trip, he he was all paranoid about there not being a lock on the house because there wasn't a lock on that. house. There was house. literally no house. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. that's fucked up. Yep, um, mm-hmm. all our servers in danger. That's kind of like uh, we were we were at a conference last year, and some guys at the table next to us were like. So what do you guys do? And I was like, get the fuck out of here. We need to get the fuck out of here. And then Jake just gets <laughs> up and is like, yeah, we're here for a crypto conference. And I was like, okay, cool great we're gonna get murdered in our sleep he's like it's fine you're super paranoid it's like jake we're within sight of where we're staying we now have to decide whether we're either going to walk to the door of the place where we're staying or we go in a completely different direction purely to throw these guys off and he's like you're overreacting walk straight to the door it's like here we are it's like okay we're definitely getting murdered now (laughs) we're definitely getting murdered and everybody was super chill about it and then when we were upstairs and everybody else was like Oh shit! Actually, phrase right. We need to wipe our ledgers. 
Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, like just on the off chance that lads with hammers are coming. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, you know, it's not even like we've got much. Well, most of us, it's not even like we've got much money. So it's just yeah, like you don't have to worry about that anymore, right? They're like, oh, yeah, especially the benefit of bear market, right? Yeah, like, bust like, in your house and what's going to happen, right? Right. Just no, like, like, well, they feel bad for us. Oh, yeah, they're like, have some shit coins. Ah, they're I can send you validators. four million chihuahua, but that's all I got. I can't even send you servers anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you could you could clean me out of a few Geno, but it's gonna be like fifty bucks. So, oh, they're they're cosmos so validators. Um, Go pick on someone else. Yeah, I I always find like those those kind of like rave type things at um at like a conference or a bit of a weird vibe and doubly so at a crypto conference. You're just like, yeah, I was kind of just happy being at a bar actually because. I'm not really just. It's not a. It's not happening dance floor. Other than ironically, it's like a wedding dance floor at best. But you know, a wedding dance floor. It, yeah, do you know what I mean like a wedding? Oh, yeah, where yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of like, lots of lots of Well, you and this know, was like, hosted by the the Milady NFTs. I guess it was a Milady NFT rave. What's a Milady NFT? I'm not sure what a Milady is, but it's an NFT. Let's see if I can find it. Open or something. Tell me that doesn't sound just insane levels of awkward. It sounds quite awkward. Like I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not sure I could ever show my face in public if I said that I own something like a Milady NFT. That's so funny. Hey, maybe it's because I'm a boomer and I don't understand what's cool anymore. But then that has always been true. So that's also <laughs> fine. Uh, so, so in conclusion, then ETH Denver basically an excuse for a piss up. Everything else secondary. Yeah, yeah, I think days. so. Yeah, the the Cosmos stuff. There was a lot of Cosmos stuff before. I think we we got there, which is, seems to be like a recurring thing where like ETH Denver gets announced and then nothing happens in the Cosmos, and then I already have plans, and then oh shit, here's five days beforehand where all these things happen, um, right? Like it's usually last minute, or at least it seems like it's last minute. I don't know. And uh, so we met, we saw some of that. Um, got to see like there's some couple Juno events which were good and like the Dow Dow thing that Jake threw on. Um, that was pretty good. There was the secured. Se- was it shared security summit that was called it was shared, shared security summit um i missed some of that these guys were there in the morning i was there in the afternoon which which was good we got to see, i got to see meet the skip guys which was nice and um there's a lot of like modular blockchain talk in the afternoon it was like over and over um but there were some good there were some good topics in there and uh yeah i mean i was just kind of looking for people who i either knew or were like reaching out to you know what i mean um so that was pretty good we went to an aptos thing on saturday um i didn't even make it to east denver Literally, I didn't even make it to one single thing. It was like everything really? else. Yeah, I didn't, Not even one didn't, thing. I didn't go to one thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, guys, I want to kind of walk through at least like the, I usually like walking through the swag booths, you know what I mean? Like, like just seeing what's around there. And these guys were like, it was a waste of time. So, so um, I didn't even make it over that. Um, so a few good afternoon party things and, and, you know, and honestly, it was worth, well, it was, it was worth going just to hang out with the uh, Gaming Notes crew plus extended friends and family type of thing. Um, and then we, we, Took, took a couple of days out of Denver, um, a little altitude sickness type stuff, and you know, back home. <laughs> a little bit of altitude it. sickness. That's it. That's a couple of beers, a bit of altitude sickness. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm just yeah. feeling so, so altitude sick this morning. Lots <laughs> <laughs> of mix of things. It's definitely what's happened. Like the one person who hasn't drunk is like, huh? What? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. What? So I wish you were there. It would have been nice to get the four of us together next time. But they have the, good reasons. They, they talk about that on the train, you know, when you when you take the train from Denver to, uh, to California IA. Uh, they talk about the the drink. Uh, they've they're like don't have a unless you want the oh, uh, yeah. the Zeph. Well, they they have a, the Rocky cocktail or something. They're yeah. like don't have a drink when the train is passing through the high pass because yeah. yeah, yeah. you'll get smashed off one drink and you have a right or headache by the time. Really, 
we were yeah. going with we were going with and a train couple tumblers guys. At, is it eight thousand feet something like that or is either it's is it like it's a really rememberable number which I haven't remembered it's either like <laughs> it's either yeah. like six thousand six hundred feet roughly or it's eight thousand eight hundred feet the, the well, tunnel yeah we were at ten thousand feet um, yeah so maybe it was eight thousand feet then because you you come out of the tunnel sure um, from the Denver side of the Rockies uh, and then. Uh, you literally come out of the tunnel and a ski lift passes over the top of the train immediately. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, there's ski lifts everywhere over there. So yeah, because it's a ski lift. Um, I can't remember which which one. I want to say Fraser. Yeah, Breckenridge is at 9600. That's the base of that. And we were up a little bit from that and everything else. Yeah, a couple of us were feeling it, though. That's like, what, what 2,800 meters or something? It's uh, pretty know. high. More even, I think. 3,000 meters. Wow. Okay. Shit. That's yeah. like uh, that's like glacier height. Yeah. That's like summer snow height. That's it was, a, it was a lot, a and it was park. so dry. Like trying to sleep, you could only <clears throat> like I got a bloody nose every night for one thing, and that's not fun. Uh, for two, we you'd got, like trying to sleep, and because I'm trying to avoid a bloody nose, I'm breathing out my na- mouth, and then my mouth would dry out, and then you have to like do the whole thing where you swirl your tongue around to try to like, generate just a little bit of saliva. <laughs> Man, all night long, all each night, it was it was tough. It was tough. <laughs> it was. It just, it just sounds like a bunch of a bunch of it is in like Fucking. in like early middle adulthood, just like <laughs> complaining about mild ailments for three days. My, my uh, right knee and I, my I, hip are killing me. Yeah, <laughs> and the pillows were really tough. The pillows yeah, exactly. are rough. Yeah, the water's like, too ah, soft. Just got a little uh, bit of eczema. <laughs> like Goddamn eczema. Humidity. Uh, yeah, to fit right in, that'd have been great. I was literally complaining about that earlier today. So. Um, yeah, um, happy days. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, guess we to have missed that. But um, what what else has been happening? So so yeah, doxed. I I have I look terrible and sound terrible because I've just had a child. So uh, and that's also why I'm not in East, why I'm not in East Denver now. That was last week. Uh, why I'm not in anywhere now other than here and was changing babies before. Um, so what what the what the fuck have I missed? What's been happening in the cosmos or in anywhere? Like what what's been happening? I've literally not seen any. Oh, the government could have fallen. I barely would have known. Like <laughs> it's just been a long tunnel. The last week has just been a long tunnel of of coffee and uh, coffee and midnight changes. I don't know. We well. We were all kind of out for the last two weeks, so I don't even know what else the hell happened. Just that altitude sickness. Just like, the altitude it, really, sickness. it really does take Price, We just keep watching the prices. They keep falling, and we're just kind of sitting yeah. around. And Yeah, every time you think it's at ATL, right? That yeah. is the one thing I, that's the one thing I have been paying attention to. I'm like, ooh. Hey. I, keep, I keep downsizing our servers, and the price keeps coming down and making it unprofitable. <laughs> just like, what are you it's doing? funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've gone from being invited to uh, to fancy cocktail receptions from our uh, from our account manager to um, to just not not being contacted at all, just quietly quietly ghosted. You text them, they're like, "Who's this?" Like this guy's got no money. New, new phone, sorry, new phone, new phone. <laughs> oh, uh, are you a client of ours? No, yeah. we're not really. We're not really sure about that. Crypto um, cl- crypto client? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. not a growth area for us. <laughs> right. It's not a priority at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Cerberus shut down on what was oh, it, yeah. Monday. I think Cerberus shut down on Monday. Yeah, we were in the car. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, Polka, so Polka, I think Polka, I saw Polka Chew post, uh, or maybe it was Polka's intern post on Twitter, like they got the last TX. Yeah. 
the last transaction. It's yeah. pretty good. It's a shame they didn't IBC IBC that token, and then they could have had the last transaction as an NFT. There you go. Yeah, that shut down Monday. It's over. Dreams over. It's Dreams over. Deserve to die. So fair enough. Um, well, I think it's pretty interesting though, because I think this is the official first chain that's being shut down. Because there's even chains from like 2018, 2019 that are still running, like Straight Edge. Straight Edge is still running, and I bet you guys don't even know what that is. Nope. Nope. Yeah. It was like, I think it was it was a chain. Uh, Sunny was part of it, I think, where the goal was to create a bridge between the cosmos and Polkadot. I want to say. And that thing's still running. It has no developers. It just has like 10, 10 validators running it for no reason. So really? I, think, I think that's the, the is first. It, is, it even, is it even ibc No, it's not. It's just sat chugging just, away. Just making blocks in the corner. Just making blocks. <laughs> yep, exactly right. <laughs> so it's playing with Lego in the corner. <laughs> just, just quietly, just minding his own business. Yeah. Fair enough. You've got to respect that. So if it's not ibc though, that's the thing. It's just like bro, YOLO, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Rama said in the chat, "Dead Chain DAO." So I, I am mm-hmm. vaguely aware of this, which is, I think, I think this is a meme inspired by a game of notes, right? Which is a, a DAO for the chains as they die. Which, so speaking of which, mm-hmm. it's not dead, but there was something about Joe Chain as well, right? In the last few days, that that has completely blown over my head. I just saw I think- people were arguing on Twitter about something. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I want Maybe to say it's Joe. Joke. I think it might be a joke. I think Joe was joking that the Joe chain halted. And then I want to say that he was joking that he blamed Notional. Like at the end of the tweet, he says, oh, and I blame Notional for this. And Jacob was having absolutely none of it. <laughs> but he came out swinging. And then he put out a big old post about how like he has to take accusations like this seriously. And I, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I've, I have nothing to say. I'm say. Is there an actual, I mean, that, that website is gone. Because it used to be like Just Joe or something like that. Is that what it was? Just Joe.app, I think. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> that website's gone. Um, he says it's halting, like, but I'm not sure. Is he, I don't know, maybe it'd be a just, weird thing to say. Maybe they're just halting it before somebody IVCs it and they get done for money laundering. <laughs> yeah, no I shit. thought that they had already IVC'd it. I thought there was someone like Swap or something. Oh, yeah. We talked about this a little bit in Denver, right? Yeah, like, Maybe this guy, maybe maybe his attorney and or accountant kind of stepped in and be like, do you know exactly what this means that you have a token in your name with some sort of IBC value on it? Are you aware? And how many of those do you own? Yeah. Like, fuck. That might not be a, might not be a great position to be in. Uh, right. But, oh, there you go. Rama's in the chat saying, uh, Popmo says like 60% of the supply stake. So he can hold it on his own. So presumably, there's actually some kind of in joke here going on with Putmos. One, okay. one, one must assume. I haven't done my research because I've not been at the computer, other than to it's not obviously uh, related to Cosmos, but we've been doing some stuff on on Aptos, which has been uh, pretty stressful. I've got to ask: Is that a Hacko soldering iron on your desk, you sir? Yeah, yeah, it is. Is it an FX eight triple eight? That that I don't know. Temperature, <laughs> temperature controlled. It is definitely temperature controlled. I'll get you a model number while we're sitting it's the here. It's good because, one. Because uh, I, just had, I just had a sudden moment of recognition. <laughs> you did. Was, it's been you bugging said. me for I don't even don't know how long. I was just like, that thing looks oh, super familiar. Like, like a thing that I own. And and 
not so much enjoy, but I respect. It is a it is a FX eight 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 D twenty three BY. Is it sad that I got the model number? I don't own the exact model number, but you get I respect three out of that model number. Oh my goodness. Oh dear, it's a funny thing. Funny thing, sleep deprivation. Um so <laughs> I mean back to the Joe Chain thing. To be honest, even if we weren't out for two weeks, we wouldn't give a shit about this topic anyway. No. Yeah. I mean it is it is a chain to to test out features. I mean, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I think it basically is a meme where the meme is that Reese wanted to get better at, <coughs> at doing chain development. Mm-hmm. And so did a bunch of stuff on Joe Chain and used it as a learning platform and launched it as a joke and it's still live. Yeah. And I don't know how much Reese is actually like super. I mean, I don't know. We've we've had Reese on the show before. We could ask him again. Like, are you like still super jazzed that Joe is a thing, or are you beginning to be like, ah, shit? Uh, yeah. Well, exactly. they were doing I think some- there was a lot of drama with it with Notional before because it, I think it was a fork of the Eve chain that Notional was building. Mm. So I think that I think that might be where part of it's coming from. Where because of that drama, they started winding it down. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know because Eve was just Eve was just a fork of Juno with Yolo features in basically, right? Yes, and yeah. uh, <laughs> with the Yolo features. It, well, yeah, I mean, it's basically <laughs> just like Yolo and a bunch of features, and if the chain if the chain crashes or it's unstable, where it doesn't have the market cap of Juno, so who cares, right? Right. And then um, I think Reese was working for G- for for Notional, and then he wasn't working for Notional, and he was just like, oh well, I've done. I think he done did a fair bit of the actual work, and so he was just like, well, I'm just gonna fork it. Mm-hmm. and yolo is joe chain and then it was just like oh actually well you know you can just work on juno and we can just instead yolo features onto a test net and then that if it crashes that's a test net and if they work then we can just put them into production and yeah. that's another way of doing it and uh so that that's you know i think basically what happened there but um yeah, there kind of seems to be like an ongoing sort of beef in in some direct in a bi-directional beef in that area, isn't there? But yeah. it doesn't really seem worth getting into. Um, there was I some- just said that uh, there's an explanation of Joe Chain in the README on GitHub, and yeah, so I posted it in the chat. Um, you can read it. It is, it does have to do with Notional and like the story behind how Joe Chain became a thing. There was some cool. I I do like the. I mean, we talked about this before, but the idea of like creating something that can be a fuck around chain and try some new things and something else that has no monetary structure to it. It should never been IBC. I don't understand that piece, but because um, I think one of the ones that I commented on a little bit ago was like Reese was building it where you could only vote yes or no with veto. So they got rid of no and they got rid of abstain. I was like, actually, that's a pretty good idea for the Cosmos SDK. I kind of <laughs> dig it. When you come, like you you gotta you gotta. You, when you bring a proposal, it's got you got to come correct, right? So either you're either it is, and you, or it's gone. I kind of dig that, um, and I, I was asking him to to uh, make it where validators don't vote their stake, which is, or I'm sorry, don't vote um, non-voting shares, um, to just make it to lower the quorum, like just make people vote their own bags, see what happens. I'm kind of interested to see what would happen with that, but so anyway, I'm not sure what the I don't know, can really care about the notional drama. I think I think the fray locked up. I think he's reading through the README right now. I think he likes that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, well, you, your response was basically where I was like, eh, what do you do? Th- thanks for the heads up, Todd, on, on where to read yeah, about thanks, it. Because that's kind of, I don't know if it makes it better or worse to know. 
yeah. I mean, TLDR is not worth getting into. Is for me from having actually read it all. It it just seems like. Can I actually? Do you know what? It's it's this. <laughs> Sorry for those on podcast players. I just made a, a sort of flapping, a hysterical flapping gesture. Uh, I, I think that's that's that, that's really the only answer, though. That is the takeaway. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, and Rama just said, "Hello, traveler," in the chat. I wonder if that's say. So I don't know. I'm gonna be the most scatty I probably will ever be, uh, but. I wonder if that's a reference to folk. Do you, have you ever seen any of Limmy's show? It's like it's kind of it was it was sort of like a, a low budget Scottish comedy in like in like the early 2010s. And there's this great sketch where it's like one of those old phone in to the TV adventure things where they're just basically trying to keep the person on the line so that it costs them money. And there's this guy with like a really shit beard on called Falkenhoof. People call him it call in. He's like, "Hello, traveler." It's really, it's a great sketch. And um, it just has, because like a bunch of the sketches, obviously, because it's set in Scotland. Like, he's like, hello, traveler. Would you like to come on an adventure? And there's just like a berate, like an irate Glaswegian mother being like, my son called this line and uh, and he cost 30 pounds. And then it just, it's, it's just very funny. It's a very funny sketch. Look it up. Let me show uh, Falkenhoof. Look up Falkenhoof. That's uh I feel like this is a case of where Occam's razor is the right answer. Noel pops in, says hi. So Rama says, hello, traveler, because Noel's in the U.S. right now. I think that that is the actual answer. <laughs> I'm just saying what I want to say. What can I tell you? Uh, but, but that could also be it. <laughs> but but your, your answer could also be it. Yeah. Let's see how contrived we can make hello, traveler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, what what other stuff? I so I I know I know uh, one other thing that I do know has happened is that uh, obviously um, Core One on Juno has expanded, and myself and Maximilian, the legend, the wombat, um, has uh, ha- have joined Core One. And what we've been doing recently is uh, some. Okay, I want to say like I—I I was about to say like it's like a corporate away day where we're learning, we're doing trust exercises, and Wolf Contract is catching, uh, is catching like Jack's just falling back, and Wolf's catching him. It's—it's it's all that kind of stuff, except it, th- there is a little element of that, <laughs> like there's a little element of the uh, of of the core one team going away to a spa day to work out like what the fuck to do with judo for the next year. Um, and ha 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 ha, no. Um, and, and there is actually like a, it's very, very well broadcast, but there is actually now like a mission statement for Juno, which is kind of cool. Um, and the way you know this is because it is the Twitter header of, of the Juno network on Twitter. Um, but that's, you know, it's better than nothing. That's a start. There's, there's a, there's a mission statement, which is, Juno is the Interchain DAO hub. There you go. Single line mission statement. Okay. And that's not really a mission statement. That's like a statement of fact, right? It's a, well, it's a statement of fact. It's a statement okay. of what the chain's about. It's a statement of all of it. And then there's a prior there's a there's a prioritization process going on. And this is like this is kind of the fun thing, I guess, because from my perspective, I'm looking at this, and this is basically what the same cons- type cons- of consulting stuff you used to do with, like you know, you go into like a 
uh, fucking a fucking bulk paper sales company right and they're like we're getting murdered by people that buy their paper in bulk on amazon and you're like okay so i guess what you got to do is like hire a couple of developers build a platform streamline some of your back-end processes write some priorities for the next year and then you know refine your business practice and then hey maybe you'll be profitable again and that's kind of like yeah turns out this the same stuff everywhere right is it's all just operational stuff that's happening everywhere is the so, hard bit so away from all that now that you're part of core one tell me about like the dynamics let us all into bring us into the fold of the juno core one dynamics and what's it been as a new member of a team that's existed for a long time that I'm sure has a lot of built-in um, opinions about direction and each other and those types of things? Like, have have you felt like an outsider in a in a closed meeting, or have you felt like this group was waiting for some some new viewpoints at a core one level? Yeah, I think there's. <laughs> it's too spicy okay, so well, it's not too guess, spicy right yeah well i guess so being completely frank i think there's the there's the thing of like you're you're never going to fully be I, I think the idea that core one is uh sub dao is like basically fucking not true um okay. it is in name only but it's not because it is recognized by people as being um the founding team right yeah sure um and you know the the reality is like people like me and Max like we've been with Juno uh, like pretty much since you know the project started like so like the Discord was launched and stuff you know like yep. um, but we're not like founders and there's there is fundamentally there is always going to be a power imbalance as a result of that um, and I think unless everybody from the founders left and it was all new people, you would always have that dynamic. And then you would probably have a similar dynamic where you would have people who have been there longer. And that's, you know, this is this is why you have fixed terms in office, right? This is why you have to have Correct. turnover. This yep. is why you have to have. So at the moment, we're just, at the moment, it's basically like a board, yes. um, albeit a slightly dysfunctional one, yeah. um, or has historically been dysfunctional. I think it's actually like all groups of people who are trying to coordinate from a bike club to core one, they are more dysfunctional on the inside than the outside in some ways than you'd think. And they are less dysfunctional on the inside than they look on the outside in some ways. And they're not usually in the ways you expect. Right. And it's always just interpersonal dynamics. And it's just the same with any, any group of people you find, you know, that's right. just, Right, you throw together six random people, which is which is essentially what happened, or five sorry, five random people, um, and that's that's how you get into a position where obviously it's going to be a, there are going to be weird dynamics between some people and stuff. And I think the yeah the, the the interesting thing about it, I guess, is it's it's in its current form, it's more like a kind of advisory board, and I guess that's how I kind of see I kind of see our involvement, and it's weird because I sort of see it from the company's perspective. This is just a thing we've been asked to do it. We are there as a representative to do essentially what we normally do when we do corporate consulting, which is trying to push things along and <laughs> and put structure around things and whatnot. Um, and then I guess the biggest within so there's 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 two dynamics. There's one which is founders, and then there's new people, which is me and Max, and then there's a second dynamic which is devs and non devs. So there's sort of Demi max and um jack who are more kind of 
developer for to, mm-hmm. to different to different extents as well. Um, yeah. And then wait, uh, hold on. Max is a developer. Um, who did I say? Did I said Jack. Although I might have said Max because they sound similar in words, or they both have an A in them, and I'm tired. <laughs> um, okay, but not Max. So Jack, Demi, and Jake. Uh, both are Jack, all, Jack, Jack. Are all. Oh, did I say Max instead of Jake? I think so. Anyway, oh, yeah. I'm so tired. Um, so, but those those three are like uh, are like primarily devs, and then Bloss Bloss you. And Wolf are, are primarily um sort of marketing community focused and then what's happened with new people coming in is like again max is kind of more marketing community and like well i guess the thing is actually max has been a big he's very good at like tokenomics and strategy and all that kind of things he has like a really in a really strong understanding but also like a really strong intuition for how all of that works and should work mm-hmm. um so, which, you know, to be fair, like Wolf, I guess, did a lot of the tokenomics and stuff like that. So maybe that's the thing that Max and Wolf have in common. So there's there's a few different, like, I guess, pockets of interest. And then there's obviously, like, you know, obviously me and Jake, like, I, I, I fucking ripped the shit out of him all the time for the DAOs thing. But, like, obviously, I think DAOs are important. And, like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm just not a maximalist. I'm not a maximalist about anything in my life, really. You know what I mean? I think they have a really useful use case in a really specific set of circumstances, which is exciting and interesting to talk about and work on. But, not the solution for everything, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, same as same as blockchain, same as anything. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, there's very few things in life <laughs> that are that are black and white, good or bad, or you should be maximalist about. Um, you know, even yeah. like you you buy a you buy a fucking Korg Monopoly, right? You're not going to put it on every track you write. You're gonna, <laughs> at some point you're going to get bored of that synthesizer, and you're going to be like, ah, I might need a different flavor now, a different flavor of of AT synthesis. Not uh, the first acronym or uh the idea that i would have used in that situation but i understand what you're saying i i was just i i'm looking out of shot at a synthesizer and so for some reason i was reminded of the the excellent um the excellent default first preset on the well it's not really a preset because it's proper pre-presets but like the the like the absolute stock monopoly sound that everybody sets up the first time they get their hands on one i wish i own one but i just totally a can't afford one and can't justify affording one because i would just put it on this one sound and be like <laughs> and then i get bored of it and i'd be like why did i spend three thousand dollars on the synthesizer <laughs> one sound that i could just do with a plug-in that's insane um are there any uh, term limits on core one now or is that that's not going to happen or is it no i think well I think is, gonna, is it gonna, just going to continue to grow as yeah i think it's kind of the opposite problem where like so one of the interesting things about the structure of core one for the beginning was about trying to incentivize the people to stay around and actually not right. rug Juno essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, there is no no incentive mechanism in place at, at present of any kind for new people. And it's not really clear how that would work either, because long vestings and stuff and also like the tokenomics themselves, like there's a lot of questions. Um and there's also questions about like how you I mean, this is the same as the teams funding questions that we've had in the past and stuff. Like it's all part and parcel of the same thing, which is that it's very easy to find the money to fund things when when prices are high. It's very hard to work yeah. out how to fund things um when prices are down. And it's also, you know, you're always kind of working around the fact that you're pricing in risk for the people involved. Sure. Um so but but the idea that it can that it can expand forever is obviously not true, and I guess at some point people will have to come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that develops. I mean, I think I, I, I suspect it will end up being something like a by-election where, you know, if, if somebody secedes or is asked to secede, then there's an election triggered for that place. But mm-hmm. I don't think we're also, I don't think we're really in a sophisticated enough place yet where we can sustain an actual functional yeah. election. Like, yeah. it, I mean, elections are obviously popularity contests, but they are even more so um, in this space, sure. I think. Um, they're either a popularity contest or they're nepotism, basically. And you know, ma- l- let you know. Let's be brutally honest about this. Max, Max is there uh, on core one now because of popularity, because he is mm-hmm. incredibly strong advocate for the community, is incredibly visible, is amazing at what he does. And I'm there because of nepotism, because I'm well, I'm fundamentally well known. By not by members of the community. If anything, the one reputation we have there is actually quite negative because of Prop 16. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, with the validator team, with the dev team, with everybody around, like we're very well known for our contributions as a company, and I'm very well known individually within the Juno thing. But yeah, you know, are we even the right people to be on Core One? That's another story. I don't, you know, yeah. it's an interesting. I, I guess it's like the thing of like, oh, everything we're doing right now is just fucking throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, we can put as much process around it as we want, but that's still kind of where Core One is at, and that's where Juno is at. But I guess that's part of this. You know, to take it back to the thing that we've decided, which is that you know, Juno is the interchain DAO hub, is to go like, Juno is a DAO. DAO DAO is the main blue chip on Juno. Take take that as given. Where do we go from there? That's that's the decision. That's the decision Core One's made. Um, insofar as like we have any real say in kind of pointing to a direction um and that's kind of okay cool right what, what do we do with that information <laughs> right right like what yeah good point so is that what the decision was i don't know if i really heard that before so the interchain dow hub meaning the other what about other applications that are trying to launch and other types of things that are sitting on top of juno is it not about permissionless cosmosm well is i guess the point is that like permissionless cosmosm isn't a isn't a differentiator but what is what is the differentiator for Juno? It's the community that's built around it, and it's the, I guess, like the tooling that has actually emerged on it, which is primarily about. So this is the kind of this is the kind of because you know this is a technical podcast. It's mainly validators, mainly developers that listen to this. So I think when we talk about governance, what we're really talking about is how you manage incentive systems. We're talking about voting. Mm-hmm. We're talking about managing treasuries. We're talking about so at the moment. Um, uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get on to this in a minute, but like um, I, I'm writing some stuff for Haldal um, to uh, essentially like secure the treasury. It has a similar mechanism to something like the Unity contract, where there's an overrider sub DAO. There's like an overrider group of people who can veto decisions, essentially pull pull decisions back where they involve uh, moving large amounts of funds. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's just, just proof of concept. It needs some more development, but WinDAO have a similar thing where you can propose a contract, but you you can propose a thing in their DAO, but you can't execute it. And their developer multisig has to actually hit the execute button. Um, so there's a whole bunch of like quite interesting things like around that, which are really about organizing building organizational structures in a trustless environment, right? It's about nerds on the internet, right? Organizing nerds on the internet back to the the thing. And it, you know, if if it's for me, the interesting thing about all this experiment has always been like building incentive systems it's like okay cool build an incentive system you now need to manage the system that you've built okay you're gonna need a DAO like it might be a DAO of five people it might be a DAO of three people 
Right. You give me the DAO. And the problem is the name DAO is kind of lame, but like at some point you quickly see you need something like a DAO. You need a multi-sig, you need a DAO. And that tooling has to come from somewhere. And DAO DAO is just the best current DAO tooling anywhere. Agreed. In crypto. Yeah, agreed. And so like by definition, it is the best blue chip on Juno. Now, is it going to pump anybody's bags? Is it fuck? So that is that then, but once you say, okay, home of DAO DAO, interchain DAO hub, that is what Juno is. It's community is DAOs. Uh Do ordinary people give a shit about DAOs? Developers give a shit about DAOs. People running large projects understand the value. Do ordinary people give a shit about them? No. Right. So then the next thing becomes, how can you make another project or how can you encourage the devs that would want to build with DAOs and build interesting new uh, synergetic products? to come and build on Juno and build the thing that the average user would give a shit about. And maybe that average user doesn't even want to fucking hear the word DAO. They don't give a fuck about yeah, DAO. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? That's just how the sausage is But it is just made. so happens that the thing they want to use has to have a DAO at its heart because of course it does. Right. Um, and that was kind of like the whole the whole thing with Howl. It's like we were obviously very close to DAO DAO. Uh, we were close to a lot of other things that we wanted to do and it just links them all together. It's like NFTs and DAOs and posting stuff and content and blogs and whatever. Yeah. Like it just all kind of goes like, oh yeah, this is kind of the intersection of all of these things result in you sign a multi-sig transaction and you post some content. Yeah. Like well, I mean, there's other ways to think about it as well from a developer perspective. Like if you want to build a website, arguably one of the best things you can use is Django, which is a, a framework for, for Python programmers. And the main reason to use Django is because they have a lot of built-in tools around database management, right? And DAO is kind of the same way in that the way you have to frame it the frame, the usefulness of it isn't something you would think commonly. You wouldn't think going to Django is the best thing offhand, like as the average developer, because of its database management and it's like admin panels, all that built-in stuff. But that's the reality. The reality is it's just that one level deeper where once you have experience and you've kind of hit these problems yourself, you realize, oh, I actually don't want to do any of this. I can offload it over there. Sure. That's the beauty. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing with it is it's not so much like it's, it's not constricting the framework of the thing you build. It just gives you an API. So you go, ah, I don't have to write a fucking DAO contract so mm-hmm. that our project can have a DAO. I don't have to write a sub DAO contract so that I can write an escrow contract that can protect the treasury of our DAO. I don't have to like all these other things. You can just go like, okay, well, there'll be a sub DAO. It will have a contract address so I can make this thing over here that takes a contract as its admin. And I can just write a contract with the assumption that I have DAO DAO, I have sub DAOs, I can figure that out later. Um, and it's that kind of stuff where you're like trying to actually administer how all of that works. And again, like it's also so early. You're just like so much of this is just like it's still quite hypothetical. Like to to launch Howl, we have because it's completely controlled by a multi-sig DAO, we had to just like actually do all of the contract deployments and all the code and everything, like the uploads and everything via DowDow. And there is a moment where you are like, okay, this is crazy fucking future technology. We're literally just launching, managing software via cryptographically signed transactions with le- with ledgers. And there's three of us in three different time zones signing off on this to get it launched. That's fucking nuts. And then you get it launched and you're like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, but yeah, nobody's actually going to there isn't a mass market app that's going to mm-hmm. launch this way or do this for fucking years, right? Um, because we're just we're just so we're just so early. Like, um, but I think that is that is the interesting question though: is how you actually turn 
what is a really cool set of tooling for nerds and developers who want to build serious products into something that serious developers look at and they go, oh, fuck, I have to build there because actually I don't really want to fucking manage this shit myself. Yeah. Um, and and bro- more broadly speaking also, this ties into the IBC thing because the more IBC tooling you build around Juno and around Dowdow and around all this other stuff, you know, you can build on your own chain or whatever, but it's also part of that. So you asked, you said, Serp, like, how does this tie into the permissionless cosmosm thing? Well, mm-hmm. the permissionless cosmosm thing has always been like build your project on Juno, spin up your own app chain later. Like that's the app chain thesis, right? Yeah. So the if you go, well, we're going to be an incubator, like the IBC maximalism thing comes like quite naturally. And again, most of these projects need Dowdow to manage how stuff kind of works. Like that's something what we found building a non-trivial product. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, well, if we were going to launch launch the first version of it, as we did, we launched it on Juno. If that were wildly successful and we launched an app chain, it's not like we would move the DAO. We would want to probably just interact with it over IBC from another chain because you've got all of your stuff is kind of set up over there. Yeah. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to turn all that shit off. It's kind of unlikely, is it? So there's also like an element here where by making one decision, you kind of go, okay, well, it also means we have to work out the IBC middleware story. We have to work out all of that side of things to make mm-hmm. that thing work better. And again, it's like projecting forward quite a period of time yeah. because it's, it's just a long way away, you know, like whichever way you kind of, um, you kind of look at it, I suppose. But, and then like, I suppose other things fall out of that, like um, mesh security and stuff like that too, where you're just like, again, it's about how do you, how do you ensure that value is coming back to Juno as an incubator, I suppose? And it's not fully worked out. Like um, nothing is at this point. Um, but yeah, I don't is there, know. Is there anybody on the core one team that's like singly, or is there a group that's singularly focused on monetization? On monetization of the Juno token? Of monetization of the mission. Like there's a lot, of, like everything we just talked about and also most of these DAOs are about like spending like they're all about you know growth funds or this or that and finding ways to be able to dump community tokens and you know basically paying for users other types of things but like that example there is there anyone responsible to say what do we it seems like sometimes we build just to build and we don't have a singular vision in terms of who wants to buy um whether that be chains within the cosmos or like you said maybe maybe things that are outside um that might come forward like is anybody thinking that way to say, okay, we have this great tooling. How do we make sure that we're aligning all of these decisions and this backlog of cool things that we can do to someone who's willing to pay for it? I don't think that exists currently. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest problems. Well, well, I think it's there are it's something certainly something that Max advocates for and has always advocated for. So, I think historically i don't think i would argue that that's the thing that was thought about i think it's a build it and they'll come attitude yeah which is just crypto has investors it doesn't have users it's back to the thing we always talk about on this podcast until crypto has users or not even crypto until interchain applications with use cases have users and not investors um that that is moot and you know really it's that thing of well of it's like having 10 or 15 decent quality protocols that are all bringing in a small amount of consistent user base and liquidity like the idea of like you know 
these these crazy pump and dumps and stuff like that's just not how the future is going to be the most useful thing crypto can do is microtransactions like yeah. it's just going to be like a hundred thousand users two hundred thousand users transacting very small amounts and then having to swap in and out of the native token that's to, to me that's really that seems like one of the most obvious things that you can do with crypto and that's I, that's why i'm so like you need to find use cases that are not like that are just bankable they just solve a problem for people and they just interact with it and generate a small fee each time and it's not gas fees because that shit doesn't scale it's like people actually spending money into an economic mm -hmm. mechanism right that that has some kind of go around like yeah. you know um yeah i don't think I, I think like like i say i think howl is like a proof of concept more than like a like it's a it's a thought experiment fleshed out put out into the wild but it has all of the hallmarks of what i personally believe you need to do to do that thing mm -hmm. which is have a internal logic behind a cash flow have a link back out to the sustaining platform have like those have like those incentive feeds in it and stuff and have like a clear user like i want to do x i can do it here how here's how i do it you know i can bring in my nft from over here i can do you know it's it's all of those things like kind of in synergy and then oh and, and doubt i was required to do this and blah 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 blah. right um that that's it's a, like a co to me anyway maybe it looks incoherent to other people but i think it's a coherent product picture and i think it's it's part <laughs> it I, I use the example over and over and again not because it's something that obviously is near and dear to my heart having spent a lot of time working on it but I think because that's the kind of protocol we need to build around DowDow is mm -hmm. try and find, basically find ideas like that until one of them sticks. Like something that works synergistically with this like best in class DAO tooling that brings users and then market the shit out of it. That's, yeah. that's kind of, that's, that's kind of my perspective, but then, you know, I'm, I'm a product, you know, I've, I've come up from like the product engineering style of like the last 10 years of engineering where everybody's just like, oh, it's not about being smart. It's about finding the right product and market fit and shit. And, you know, I'm just getting told that, you know, you don't, you don't have to use functional programming. It's not, it doesn't matter that it's better. Just write it in JavaScript. It's fine. Just get it done. Just get it done. Just ship it. It's fine. <laughs> then a year later, it's just like, it's falling over. It's fine. It's just, right, we can rewrite it. It's on fire. You've got to rewrite it. It's fine. <laughs> Right. I think the one thing we're really missing right now, like I was using Hal for a little bit, right? Um, but I made the poor choice of using my Ledger wallet as my Hal wallet. And so everything I had to do, I had to sign, right? Yep. And that sucked. I think that one thing we need to figure out some method for is like giving a browser some form of like auth Z access where you, where the browser has a certain amount that it can use as like discretionary spending. So you can still hit, you know, just send and it doesn't require it you to actually like double click to confirm or to hit the ledger or something. I feel like there, there has to be some way of bridging that gap of like some types of transactions you're giving the, the browser to just do. Like maybe not even just a transaction, but maybe like, I don't know. I don't know. That's the only thing I think of right now is my example. Weaver but. from Weaver from Hal did a proof of concept, something like that, where you essentially you you basically pre-auth and escrow a small amount of funds. Um, so again, it's the microtransaction use case. It's gas fees use case. You basically just like go, but okay, here's like a third of a Juno done, and then 
when you then interact with it again, you're basically interacting from this is from memory of how it was, something like this. You then interact with that contract. Um so it's so it's it's kind of just like, oh okay, boom, okay, oh it's just it's just done the thing. Okay, cool. And I think you you probably still needed to go th- I think the only thing is you probably still need to go through a ledger because you had to sign a transaction from memory. But I can't remember. Like it was it was pretty smooth. So maybe it was actually some kind of switcheroo involved. It's so long ago. This was like, I don't know, last summer, maybe earlier. Um, they just showed something because they were just like mucking around with like BB posts basically. And they were like, oh, okay, you could do this. Um, it's pretty cool. I think the code, the code's still on GitHub somewhere. Um, I can't remember if it's in Hal's GitHub or if it's in Weaver's GitHub, but. I mean, that's a cool idea. You, you sometimes do that when you do cloud things where you prepay, let's say a hundred dollars or whatever. And then they suck that dry as you, you know, put server costs up. It's the same idea. Um, that's how, that's how cash worked, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's how Akash works. Yeah, exactly. You um, and oh, I, I, I think that's a, in there, didn't I? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I, yeah, um, but I, I think that type of use case is absolutely necessary. I think that, I think that there is too much expectation that in the crypto space in general that every action you take requires like a full execution. Like, it's objectively true that that is a bad user experience. There's a reason why in most like settings, things you change, they only take it like at the very end or whatever, or you don't even have to hit accept for it because people don't want to have to hit that many buttons. That's why there's such an argument of like iPhone versus Android, which one's easier based off of how many like interactions it takes to, I don't know, open up Google maps or something. Right. So like that is just such a small thing that like obviously it makes sense that each transaction or each interaction requires a full acceptance because, you know, potentially some people have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in their account. They don't want to suck it dry, but there's got to be an in-between. There's got to be an in-between. Yeah, probably. I mean, I guess it's, it all comes back to like, what is, what is an account? What are the levels of escalation that are required to do? I mean, if you have like, so like maybe a good example is like if you have a bank account you can have like a uh i don't know what you guys call it in the u.s checking account whatever you have like a you basically can have like a a a cash card which is like a debit card Mm -hmm. and then you can have like a credit card and then you know and actually and also every bank account actually has a a limit as well it's just that it's usually quite like relatively high so i don't know probably like a couple of thousand dollars i don't know how many thousand pounds or dollars it is before your bank calls you up and goes we've blocked this transaction you need to authorize it properly but it's 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 a few thousand dollars isn't it if you've ever had to try and buy a car or something i feel like that's the sort of thing where you need to do like a, a bank transfer in branch or something like that um so yeah there's the, like even within traditional banking there is like a, an implicit escalation or, or contactless right contactless is it used to be 25 pounds and then they upped it to a hundred, I think, but most banks allow you to set a level you're happy with against your card. Um, so you can, you, again, you, you actually have user controls there over what is effectively what you're describing shortly. Like if it's above 50, if it's above 50 pounds, then you got to sign the transaction. If it's below whatever. But I mean, the flip side of that is like, would you want to be the person who implemented that bit of code? If it's below X amount on X, of X denomination, then uh that yeah. that would need one hell of an audit <laughs> yeah well and dude i think we'd also need some level of notification system at that point 
right now, you know, if I send a transaction on Kepler, you don't get a notification for it. There needs to be some sort of aggregate of, okay, so I've got this thing set up so that it something like I can just hit it go and it'll take out one June or whatever. But if something doesn't happen, then I can be notified somehow. Because that, that I think should, there should be some level of like, not a central location, but there should be like maybe built into wallets. That, but that's also something I've been thinking about with with the, the whole Venmo thing I've been thinking about building where like if someone sends you a request, then like you need to be able to find out how somehow without actually creating like a bot that monitors the chain. But God, user experiencing are so difficult. Well, I that's think why I'm a backend engineer. Well, I, I think <laughs> you also you've also hit on something, which is like at the end of the <laughs> you can't stay away. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Where oh, are you? Okay. Um, right. <laughs> at the end of the day, like most most successful like use cases that use the interchain that aren't so so the DAOs is an interesting one, right? Because it could literally be a group of nerds on the internet who are completely across jurisdictions and will never meet each other, right? It's like a pure you can have like totally pure online interactions that are completely novel that just didn't exist ten years ago, didn't exist fifteen years ago. Well, did exist because they were IRC channels back then but like th they have a new expression right but then there's all these other use cases where it's just like oh it's basically a web 2 company but they it would make more sense to model their business as an incentive model like like you're describing like venmo like the thing that peter sunday did after pirate bay flatter where it's micropayments to content where you just hit a little micropayment button on a piece of content you liked on the internet it was just a little embed it didn't work because the banks it's really, really expensive to do micropayments, but that is an amazing crypto use case right there and way ahead of his time. Flatter would work as crypto, but do you give a shit that it's a blockchain? No, that's just the, that, that is just how it's implemented. The majority of that code base is a web server serving the embed and then a WebSocket notification. So it's kind of like, <laughs> to your point where you're like, okay, well, we need notifications when you need this other stuff. You're like, well, a lot of these actually potentially quite successful use cases, which can now be built with blockchain that couldn't have been built 10 years ago, a lot of them will be not blockchain for their users. They won't see it as blockchain. And the actual blockchain component, that maybe there's a smart contract there somewhere, but the majority of their stack will also not be blockchain. It will be a WebSocket client. It will be a web server serving an embed. It will be, uh, you know, some kind of streaming store just reconciling the messages. But at some point, there's a smart contract in there. But but who gives a shit? But this is why, like, I, I'm just not. Again, I'm not shitty about central bank digital currencies for the same reason because it's like, who gives a shit what the micro payments in? The interesting thing is the blockchain, right? Is the technology and maybe IBC as well. Um, well, yeah, I mean. It's very rare that I learned that a certain like app that I'm using has a specific database and I'm like, wow, if I'm using Lyft and I find, well, okay, if I'm using Lyft and I find out it's running on like MongoDB, I'll be a little surprised. I'd be like, well, that thing scaled pretty well. All right, <laughs> well done. Or SQLite or something. But like, that's such a thing. Like, if I hear <laughs> SQLite <some> 3, <laughs> you kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, if I hear things on Postgres, I'm like, I don't care. And it should be the same thing with blockchain. It should be... I don't care. It's just the database. Like, yeah, it enables all sorts of cool things, but for the end user, do not care. I do not care. I, well, I felt that way about challenger banks. Like, so I, I did a lot of stuff on like um, data engineering. Like I've had a lot, built a lot of my backgrounds and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, streaming data stores where you can, <clears throat> you can basically just mash through millions of transactions a second 
and then just store them all in Cassandra and then happy days. Like it's so much faster than any other database technology. And it's just like, it's magic. If you've ever have to deal with that kind of um, volume, you're like, oh my God, this is really quick. And you get like snappy finality and everything and it settles and it's what the fuck? Like, and you're like, you see how slow, like, you know, banks were like 10 years ago at this stuff. And then like things like, um, like Monzo, like a challenger bank, you're like, fuck it's really the ux is great like you literally pay somebody and their phone pings next to you it's like you've been paid and the transaction settled and you're like uh and you go like look at their job ads and you're like fucking apache kafka apache cassandra and you're like like you say it's one of those times when you're like i am actually a little bit impressed at your technology stack in 2014 or whatever that was yeah but whereas, whereas now if you were like i'm building a challenger bank people would be like Oh right, so you can use a, tre- a streaming store in a database, right? Yeah, of course you are, because there is that is the correct way to build this thing. And like, maybe in ten years that will be the case. It'd be like, we're building this thing. Oh, is that is that a ledger underneath it? And yeah, yeah, of course it's a ledger. Duh. Exactly. Yeah, we're just not quite to that point yet. But that's that's the that's the thing, right? It's like there's so many tech questions and tech answers, and a lot of us are so enthusiastic that we're willing to like squint away the shitty user experience side of things, like using a ledger. I like my ledger. Like it's got cool stickers on it and stuff. Like, come on now. <laughs> but not but for everything. Let's be real. All like because <laughs> says that his password is zero 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 zero. Yeah. But let's be real. Most people don't want to spend $180 or 160 whatever I spent on my Ledger Nano X just to just to hold hold crypto. Like I I don't have a hundred and eighty dollar wallet for my credit cards and stuff. And like I guarantee you my credit limit in those in that wallet is higher than all the crypto I have. So it's like, like there's so many that's, user experiences. Yeah, only because the bear market is not your fault, Shorty. You are better than that. <laughs> You're better than that. Like I hate to tell you as a friend, you are be- it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, that's but a- also like you go to a store and you bust out your wallet one time at the very end, right? You bust it out one time versus, oh, I want to go make a swap on osmosis. Let's, Transfer the Juno, so that's one transaction, just to do IBC over. Let's do the swap, and then let's perhaps IBC out the Atom and then send it to Coinbase. So four transactions to like get money out or something, right? It's yep. just a completely different thing. Well, do you remember like early days, uh, no, not super early days, but early-ish days of Bitcoin when you could just transfer Bitcoin via the mobile app with the QR codes? Like you created a, a wallet on Green Wallet or something like that, and you were like, you showed somebody a thing, you proved it, and it was like, bam. <clears throat> like uh friend friend oh the show i'm pretty sure this is this was actually ben davis friend oh the show so i mentioned monzo earlier challenger bank kind of archetypal making the ux and stuff good you know everything went contactless with them straight away it was just like tap you paid happy days amazing the one of the founders was a bitcoin maxi was like a stealth bitcoin maxi and like i the first time i used monzo i was like this is the first time I've used a bank where it feels like that. Cause obviously the problem with Bitcoin is it's super slick until you were like, Oh, the money hasn't arrived yet. And it's like, even in 2011, 2012, it was like, Oh yeah. It needs like eight, uh, what's it called? Like, um, confirmations. confirmations You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's so close to perfect. But it turned out that there were people watching that and were like, wow, this is really good. Except that what people want to see is sub second finality. And they went, Shit, I could do that with Apache Cassandra. Like, well, you just give people a QR code and they will fucking sign up in droves. Okay, cool. I'm gonna get my, go get our bank license. They did it. That bank is Monzo. It's a fucking million dollar business. That's funny. And like, yeah, it turned out that guy's. I'm pretty sure he's like a stealth Bitcoin maxi or something like that. I was having this conversation with somebody, and they were like, "I'm pretty sure it was Ben Davis, friend of the show, who 
like went and did the research and was like, oh yeah, they totally were. It's like, oh, yeah. there you go. Makes sense. Um, so you're right. Like UX is everything, man. Like going back to the Dow thing, it's exactly what I was trying to say before is like, is it's tough to just randomly keep adding shit until you have a clear direction on, on, on some of these UX pieces. And, and, and I think it's easier for Dow Dow than it is for Howl. Howl, from a consumer perspective, um, you have a lot of voices, but Dow Dow really is like, you're, you're really, I mean, you're, you're marketing to consumers, like individuals as well. You're primarily marketing to chains or organizations or other types of larger groups that already have a, uh, they have a management problem, right? They have a, they have an organization and communication and voting problem. And I think even spending some time to identify who those possibly could be, whether they're in the cosmos or out, and then, and then coming up with a list of like, how would, how do you guys deal with this? What are the challenges? Like a little bit of, a little bit of ideation there and then come back and build a little bit of like a roadmap towards that. I do think that if you just keep adding shit, like, like Jake and I were talking about this actually at ETH Denver a little bit is like, is there's, there's so much there and it's so wide open that people, it makes it very difficult to take this massive amount of functionality and apply it to the problems that they have. And, um, and like, I'm like, how do you, he's like, yeah, we want to create like a, Dow how to and those types of things. I mean, that's somewhat beneficial, but like, like some repeatable patterns, right? And actually going back to Schultz's um, Drupal example, really what this is, is almost like Drupal themes. Like you need like Dow Dow themes. You need to have re pre-built kind of themes for here's a large organization that has a board problem. Here's a, an individual who wants to figure out voting for a, for a, you need Clippy for like you a, should, you should make, <laughs> make Jake is like, make Jake is like Clippy. It looks for like, like a condo association, right? The other thing, the other thing I, I thought about this too is, is like, I was talking to the guys from Loyal. We, we had Mike, Mike Waters is, he's been on like, or high, I forget what his, what his actual name is, but Mike's been on, he's been in, in the, in the chat here and like, they're building like a, um, they're building a, um, a structure for loyalty rewards that uh, eventually might have value and you can like buy from multiple sites and use those loyalty rewards across multiple sites. So right now they're not doing any of that. Like they, they have it where, um, each individual site, you if you buy something out of an individual site, you get these loyal, you get LYL behind the scenes. And so they're actually creating wallets behind the scenes um, on the API side. So from the end user perspective, all they have is a login to a website, right, for the for the uh, the piece. Then behind the scenes, they're actually creating a mnemonic behind the scenes. They are applying those loyals after like 31 days to get outside the return period because they can't pull them out. And then it sits in the wallet. Then downstream, so what they're doing is like as people are buying this stuff, or as they're buying off these e-com sites, they're basically creating these hidden wallets of this stuff. And so if you go back to the site, you can see you have them. You can apply them. You can use those tokens um, or discount on the next time you purchase something, et cetera, et cetera. And then downstream, what they're like thinking about is like as this grows, how do we turn this Web2 um, slash Web2 problem that has a Web3 component to it today, but it's hidden into something that maybe now you can use them across site and you can build a market around them and like all those other types of things. And so they're kind of like stealth mode where people are using this, but they're not really sure. Like this same thing, you, that same idea, you could apply to DowDow. Like I don't need a wallet. Like the wallet piece is maybe for me because I'm an experienced user, but if I want to build a condo association that that has everybody just logs in with their Gmail account or whatever the hell it is, but behind the scenes you're creating mnemonics and you you have it in DowDow and like there's voting there and there's like the structure and I can I can present that in a way that is extremely easy for the user totally works like and then maybe down the stream maybe those individuals can you know they're they're only DAO tokens right so they can get those mnemonics they can do other things with them or they can I don't know whatever the hell they want to do but like this is a good web like there's might be opportunities to 
because this, this user experience piece that Schultz is talking about is exactly right. Like, how do you get everybody who's going to use that into this Web3 world or walk around with ledgers to vote on stuff? Like, maybe that never happens, but maybe in some pieces, the technology can still be extremely useful, um, even though we might have to have a bridge, you know, before people are actually walking around with a ledger attached to their belt buckle. Everything you described then just sounded like custodial keys, right? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's totally what yeah. it is. I was just like the regulation alarm. It's just why? Was, why? I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Doubt tokens have no value. There's no regulation here. There's no securities here. Same thing in, in. Same thing I was talking about with loyal. Like those things are just. There's custodial keys. I'm just using as a as a as a function to be able to do it. But but if we if you literally if you sit around until that 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 world gets here, we're all long gone. Like 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 it's like yeah. that like to be able to use it like as a as what as like like the a fortune five organization is going to use it with shareholders to be able to vote on a DAO, like for, for board members through, through with a ledger, like is that going to happen in our lifetimes? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Forget about it. No, but uh, oh, see fucking one comment and he builds Rock out. Master. Fucking... You made him upset. It's actually, it's actually called a shit out here. <laughs> where, are you? Are you, hey, where are you? Streets of Denver. I'm like outside. I'm at a cafe entrance. So it's like, people like walking in and out but the music's inside so i couldn't really talk in there <laughs> so it's like you know fucking zero degrees out here and uh yeah interesting somehow but, somehow uh, it's better with with the australians shoved in zero in zero degree <laughs> usually you're coming from like a beach or something yeah this is not a yeah. safari <laughs> he looks really uncomfortable he does i know like, really uncomfortable yeah I'm, I'm literally gonna bail in a second i just like get in the way of someone's pram they're like i might get this fucking thing around you <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know i might go back to union station and uh I don't know, explode you're training you're training out today or what are you training out trains at seven uh oh, to okay. chicago yeah oh, you oh to chicago, chicago. Right? Neat. yeah going to chicago and then um spend a few days in chicago and then go to new orleans and then go along that southern area back over to la are you tra- are you training down to new orleans or are you flying i got an amtrak pass man <laughs> Just oh, like ripping on trains I'm so, everywhere. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I really want to do the Southern Chief. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to be on it. So, well, but no, no I'm sleep, bro. I'm sick of that you, fucking thing. Although you, can't, oh, you missing? You're not in sleep. The sleep is fucking awesome. Oh, well, a sleeper is like literally, like a leg, like from Denver to Chicago. A sleep is like sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah, you need to book that shit way in advance. It's not expensive. It's not too bad. I, I I almost went on the um so I almost went on the the national parks uh, vacation tour on Amtrak, which is like oh no, you do the glacier builder. Yeah, you go like it's all the national parks on the on the yeah, west yeah, yeah. on the western side in the in the west, and um that's but, basically where the national parks are. Yeah, but it was like five and a half grand at short notice, which Whoa, is like that's, that's I, I don't know if the price has gone up. That's a fucking lot more than I paid to buy a few Amtrak passes. <laughs> Well, it was, it was 500 bucks for a 10 segment pass. Um, but yeah, it was like five and a half grand for, uh, for this nine days. <laughs> and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not baller. So fuck that. I mean, the, the sad thing is you are missing probably the, I mean, I've obviously not done the other ones. I'm sure they're really fucking sick and I'm totally jealous, but like the, the, the Zephyr to California from Denver is like fucking cool. That's that what I'm really getting on just soon. Yeah. Wait, you're going to California first? I thought you just said you're going to Chicago. No, no, but it's the Zephyr line. Uh, well, I'm not coming from California, though. It's like Denver to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm saying if you go if you go through the Rockies, go the other way. 
because that's that's really fucking cool. Yes, yeah, so like, I'm not sure what the line's called, but there's another line that's just further south that goes all the way back across. Yeah, the Southern Chief one. Yeah, so I hope it goes to Austin. I want to go, or at least near Austin. So I want to go to Austin on the way back. But I'm I'm really looking forward to getting some fucking barbecue, man. Are you going to go up the up the west coast from LA? Or are you uh, flying out? There? No, so I'm flying out of LA. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the that's the train chat segment of the show. <laughs> I'm very very jealous. I think I, think I, I can go down because I'm freezing my ass off. <laughs> Dude. Well, enjoy enjoy the observation car. Yeah, I'm I guess. Clear. So I hear the cafe is like not popular, but it's the one with the. It's got like the oh, glass, the tap. glass yeah. roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's, yeah. That's the place to be. Also, if it's really quiet, quite often the train guard will hang out there, and if they like know the line really well, like we a couple of times the train guard was just like, "Hey, do you want to know the history of this place?" And you're like, "Like, sure, yeah, why not?" And they just like told stories, and it was like, "Oh, it's actually quite you're actually quite knowledgeable." And they're like, "Yeah, I've been fucking." I'm a train guard on this train <laughs> for 10 years and I really fucking like local history and trains. Go figure. And you're like, yeah, okay, that 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 does check out. That does check Makes out. And they're like, I can give you a reading list if you like. And you're like, okay. That's where I jump off. <laughs> I'm actually not so, going to read um, about, the, uh, about the Utah train system, but thank you very much. That is. So, so before I bail here, um, I was I was photobombing people at uh, East Denver and uh, I, I got in one there with Funky. So, think uh thanks funky i'll i'll treasure that photo bomb always as well so <laughs> anyway guys take it easy i'm gonna go get in some warm area before i fucking die safe travels dude cool have fun thanks for stopping in see ya <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>